0: Welcome to the Mountain Park Church podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory at mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you.
1: Before I really get started today, um, I have a confession that I have to make. How many of you, I know some of you were at Overflow last week. Who was at Overflow? Anyone? Woo! No, it was it good? Was it good? Yeah? I see some nods back there. It was a good time at Overflow. So we were missing some of you last week. So so a few of you won't know what I'm talking about. But last week, Pastor Andrew opened up a brand new series for us on the person of the Holy Spirit. And he did a really, really good job of explaining to us that the Holy Spirit is a person And in his message, he used a word that was a really big kind of word. Yes, yeah, some of you remember, don't you? He said, the personage of the Holy Spirit. And then he stopped and he said, I don't think that's a word. Now, I started laughing immediately because Pastor Andrew uses a lot of really big words that I don't know and I don't understand. And I have my phone out during the service because I look at my notes on there and I have my phone out because I make notes during the message. But once in a while, I just need to Google one of the words that he says during the message. And so he used this word personage and, you know, he went on and, and actually I Googled it the first time he used it. And I found out it actually was a word and I have the definition for you here today. Personage is a person of rank note or distinction, especially one distinguished for his presence and personal power. So when I read this, I was like, he used that exact word in the exact way that it should have been used, but he was questioning himself. I thought that was pretty funny. So the second time he used it, I didn't say a word. I just sat there, and I had it on my phone. I could have, from the front row, went, you know what? I looked it up, and it was a good word. But I just let him squirm. And it was really fun, and I enjoyed it. But I had to come clean this week and tell you guys, personages is actually a word. And so we're going to go on today talking about the personage of the Holy Spirit. And so, Pastor, and- well, let me ask this. Did anyone else Google that word? Am I the only See? I'm not the only one. See? <laughs> That's great. So last week, Pastor Andrew left off talking about this piece of Scripture that says, do not be drunk with wine, but be under the influence or be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to kind of jump off from that today. He was talking about the fact that if we are influenced by the Holy Spirit, that the things that we do and say are going to come under the influence of His power. And today I want to talk about really what it means to be led by God, that the Holy Spirit is our leader and our guide in our lives. And, you know, when we think about the fact that the Holy Spirit leads and guides us, a lot of us have some misconceptions about what this looks like. And I want to tackle some of those today because it's really not that hard to hear God's voice and to listen and obey. It's not rocket science. And throughout the Bible, we are t- we're given this message over and over and over and over again. Don't fear, it's gonna be okay. Listen to what I say, trust me and do it. It's that simple. But we make it really, really complicated. And we get stuck in this place where we're like trying to figure out if we've heard God's voice, trying to figure out if we can hear him and sense him and feel him, and if we're hearing his voice for direction in our lives. And we get really caught up in that sometimes instead of just being bold enough to walk in what he has said to us. And so I'm going to hopefully debunk a few kind of myths about what it means to follow God and to be led into the things that God has for us by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the first thing I want to say is that, again, it's not rocket science. It's pretty simple. But there's only two ways that the Holy Spirit will ever speak to you. Only two ways. I hope you actually are taking notes today because for once, I have some points for you. I don't always do that, but I do have points for you. So don't listen to Pastor Andrew. Don't doodle. Take notes in church. It's good for you people. So... There's only two ways that the Holy Spirit is ever gonna speak to you. Because God has already spoken to us in the word. He is destined for us, is in this book. The answer is in this book. And the Bible actually says we can't add to scripture, we're not gonna take away from scripture, but we wanna live everything that this book says with faithfulness and obedience to God. And so some things are right there in that book in black and white. And when you read the Bible, I don't know if you ever did this. When I was really young, sometimes I would read the Bible and I wouldn't understand it. Now, in those days, I was only also allowed to have a King James Version. And when I have versions that we have nowadays that are easy to read, and really hard to read, I'm so glad for the new versions that we have nowadays that are easy to read. But I would read it and I, I would just breeze off the pages and something, one little thing will come alive and I believe that when we read the Bible with faith in our heart that God wants to reveal it to us he breathes on that word and it comes alive to us and we can understand it so the Holy Spirit helps us to understand this word and then the only other way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us is how do we personally apply this word to our lives now the first one is pretty easy because it's all in black and white. We can look it up, we can highlight it, we can, we can underline it and we can remember it and it's all there, black and white. It's pretty easy to follow. We just have to have the courage and the faith to actually follow and obey what it says. The second one is where we get tripped up. This is in the personal application of what this means to me. So let me give you an example of, of how this works or what this means. In my life, when I was um, 21, I moved to St. Catharines. And I was in a place where I was ready to get married. If you're one of the young people who went to Overflow last week, listen up. Because there's certain things in the Bible. that Alex, that was very distracting. Don't do that to me. (laughs) There are certain things in the Bible that I knew I wanted my husband to be like. So in black and white. In here, in his word, I knew I wanted a man who had a job and, yeah, it's in there. You should read it. I wanted a man who had a job and tithe to his local church. I wanted someone who was generous. That was my number one thing. I also wanted someone who was honest, something else you can find in the word. And I wanted someone who was kind. Those were sort of the three things that I kind of put out there. And I said, God, it says in your word that I can believe for this. And so I'm looking for a Bible guy. Now, I, I had come to St. Catherine's a little bit before I started Bible school because I had gotten a job. And so it was the summer before I went to Bible school. And I was meeting people in the church. And it ended up that on one night, I had two dates set up with two different guys. One of them, his name was Mark, and the other guy was John. So they were both going to Bible school. They both seemed like pretty great guys. And so by by all of the word that I knew, either one of them could have been a great choice. But this is where the rubber hits the road, and I need to learn how to apply this to my own life and ask the Holy Spirit, what should I do? And maybe this is, you know... Kind of funny, and I'll finish the story in a second. But I think you all know how it turned out. (laughs) But sometimes we get in these situations where we go, you know what? I've got a good job, but I was offered this job, and there's some pros and cons for both of them, and I don't know which to do. It doesn't say in the word that Brenda's going to marry Mark, does it? It gives me a guideline for the kind of man I should be looking for, but it doesn't tell me the one that I need to pick for my own life. And so this is how the Holy Spirit helps us to take what's in the Word and apply it to our lives. And so after debating for a while with the girl that I, my my roommate, the girl that I lived with, she convinced me to go on this date with this guy, Mark. And it was our first date, and it was 25 years ago this summer, and we've been together ever since. I don't know whatever happened to John, but (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Whatever. The Holy Spirit had a role, I believe, in helping me to choose the man I was to marry. And so there's, I'm saying this super clear so we can all understand it. There's certain things in the Bible, but the Holy Spirit is going to help us to live it out. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a way that we apply the word to our lives. And so, like I said, sometimes we can get a little tripped up by this. We can get a little tripped up in this area of applying the word to our lives, because we put certain expectations on God. There's certain things that we think our life should turn out like. And if it doesn't, we start to question what's happening. We start to question God. We start to question our own judgment. And we can even panic in a moment and believe, God, I thought I was listening to you. I thought I was hearing you, but maybe I'm wrong. And I want to tell you today, we've all been in a place like that. No matter how long we've been walking with God, no matter how long we've been listening to his voice, we have all probably come to a place at some point or another where we've questioned if we're hearing the voice of God. And I believe that God speaks. He didn't stop speaking when this word was finished and and kind of sealed and done. He didn't stop speaking. He continues to speak. The Bible says that wisdom cries out to us. He wants to to lead us. He wants to show us the way to go. And the Holy Spirit is alive and active in us to help us to walk in the things that God has for us. But I want to take us back to the Old Testament just for a moment. And look at at a biblical story that gives us a really great representation of some of the ways that God leads us. And so if you want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to go to Exodus 13 and 14. We're going to read a whole bunch of scripture from there. Now, I said to Pastor Andrew, I texted him this week, and I said, I think a move of God is happening. Because I never knew I could preach an entire message on the Holy Spirit from the Old Testament. A few years ago, I probably wouldn't even have thought that was possible. But it is. And I'm going to do it this morning. So, things are changing. This is really good. So, we're going to go to Exodus 13. And we are going to start reading about the children of Israel. And so I'll just catch you up to speed in where we are in this story. So the children of Israel, they're God's people, his chosen people. They've been in captivity in Egypt for a really long time. And they've been crying out to God to deliver them out of slavery. And God has prepared a deliverer. He has prepared a way for them to walk out of Egypt in the person of Moses. And he brings Moses in front of Pharaoh and we know that there's a back and a forth and the plagues and all this stuff goes on. And finally Pharaoh says, okay, get out. I'm done. Take your people and leave. And so we're going to pick up reading in Exodus 13, verse 17, when the children of Israel start leaving Egypt. And it says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road, that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness to the Red Sea. Do you ever feel like God's got you on the roundabout way? Do you ever feel like God has promised you something or something has settled in your heart, but he's not taking you the most direct route to get there? In fact, often God will lead us on the roundabout way. And this is my first point. I have three points for you today about how God leads us. And this is my first point, is that sometimes God leads us the roundabout way because he knows what's best for us. It's said in this scripture that God said to himself, If I lead them straight into the promised land, they are going to face battles that they are not ready for. They are going to face things that are going to make them back off and want to run back to Egypt. And so because I love them and because I care about them, I'm going to do what's best for them. And I'm going to lead them in a way and teach them to trust me and teach, work out some things in their life and teach them some things in their life so that when we get to the battles... They're going to know that I'm their God and they're going to be able to trust me. And sometimes when God is leading us somewhere, he's got to take us the roundabout way for our own good. Because there's things that he needs to work out in our lives. How many have been on the roundabout way? I have too. I know what it's like. And we can get impatient with God and we can get impatient with ourselves and we can start to question and wonder if we're even on the right track anymore but I want to encourage you today and say you are but maybe there's something more that God needs to teach you so that when you finally get to your destiny when you finally walk in your purpose when you finally get that promise that he's promised to you you'll be able to handle it you'll be able to walk in it with the fullness of what he has prepared inside of you. So sometimes the roundabout way, it's not about punishment. It's not about God keeping something from you. It's about the goodness of God and how he leads us. That's the first point about how he leads us. So then we're going to jump down to verse 20 and it says, The Israelites left Succoth and camped at Ethan on the edge of the wilderness and the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or night, and the Lord did not remove the pillar or of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. I don't need glasses yet. I don't. I could read that just fine. Sometimes. Sometimes when God is leading us, we don't understand. We don't understand where we're going. We don't understand why we're taking the roundabout way. But he gave the Israelites the pillar of cloud and fire to guide them in the day and in the night. And sometimes in the night, in the dark hours, we need to know that God is still there. This pillar of fire and cloud is a representation of the Holy Spirit in the midst of the people of Israel. This is the way that God led them. He allowed his spirit to lead them. We see all throughout scripture that fire is one of the things that is used to describe the Holy Spirit. And so when we look at this, we say they were being led by The Holy Spirit. It's a great picture of how God leads us in our lives. And whether it's daytime or nighttime, whether things are going good or it may be the darkest hour of your life, God is there. He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. He is there with you. Whether you sense him or feel him or not, he is there. He is there. And his wisdom cries out. And his voice cries out to you. We just need to learn how to tune in and to listen to it. And sometimes, I'm just going to throw this in. You know, I know sometimes I say some hard things, but it's because I love you. Sometimes it's because we haven't been obedient to what he said the last time that we're not hearing him speak this time. And sometimes we need to go back and revisit it and go, God, examine me. Examine my heart. Is everything good? Did I miss something? Was I disobedient? Do I need to repent? Do I need to fix this? Because oftentimes there's something he wants to bring out of us. Because he always wants to lead us. We're going to jump down. Uh, Actually, no, I'm going to start at uh, Exodus 14, verse 1. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by some other place between Migdal and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Baal-Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. If you're you're circling or making notes, I have planned this. I planned this. What? I planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord So the Israelites camped there as they were told. What? Are you telling me God planned this? He planned this? Not only would we go the roundabout way, but we would end up in a place where we're trapped in the wilderness, and he planned this? We don't think like this, do we? This is my second point, that God leads us, sometimes leads us into a place where we're pursued by our enemies to show his glory. He led the Israelites into a place where the Egyptians would come after them. And he led them there for a reason, because he wanted to show his glory. And it doesn't say that he wanted to show his glory to the Israelites. It says he wanted to show his glory to the Egyptians. He needed a platform to display his glory for his people and the people all around them and so he led them into a place where they were surrounded by their enemy do you ever feel like you're in a place where you're surrounded we call this being stuck between a rock and a hard place you've got the enemy barreling down on one side and a sea the waves are whipping on the other side and you're going I don't know what to do I'm trapped." And a lot of times when we're in this situation, our first inclination is to think that the devil is is involved in this. And so we start declaring things against him. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes it's because we've been disobedient and we find ourselves in the wrong place. But sometimes when we're listening to God and we're following him, he will actually lead us into a place where we feel like we're trapped where we feel like the enemy is barreling down on us. And he leads us there in order to display his glory in our lives. I think sometimes when we get into these situations, we can say, God, I thought I was following you. I thought I was hearing your voice. We have been walking together for a long time. I know how to listen to you and I've been walking with you hand in hand and I know you led me into this job, so why now is it a disaster? And God, I know you led me into this place and this relationship. Why is it falling apart? God, I know you led me into this thing. So why? Why is it a mess? And this is again where we just start to question everything. And the enemy will come and he'll want to whisper to us and whisper lies to us to tell us that we didn't hear God in the first place, that we were off track terribly or he'll come and he'll want to tell us that, that God doesn't care. He actually doesn't love you. But again, God leads us into these places because he loves us. And not only does he love us, he loves the people around us. And so sometimes he chooses to display his glory in our lives so that the people around us will know who he is. What an awesome thing to consider that sometimes our troubles, our circumstances, the things that we find ourselves trapped in, could be a way that God shows himself to the people around us. I think that's so encouraging. Sometimes God leads us into places we don't want to go and we never thought we would be in order to do something bigger in our lives than we ever thought he could do. I'm so glad that I serve such a good God. Are you glad today? Skip down to um, 14 verse 10. I want to show you what the, what the Israelites' reaction was to this. It's exactly what we do. As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up, and they panicked. They panicked. And they cried out to God. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen? While we were still in Egypt, we said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. What a rant that is. The people panicked. We panic sometimes too. I've been in situations in my life where I come into this this trapped place where I feel like God, I've been walking with you and you've been leading me every step of the way. And I heard your voice, so I went here. And I heard your voice, so I did this. And I heard your voice, so I took this role. And I heard your voice, so I, and all of a sudden I'm caught in a place where I can't hear you and I can't see you and I can't feel you. And everything around me is chaos. And the greatest lie in this situation is that if we're listening to the voice of God, everything is going to be perfect and peaceful all the time in our lives. That's a lie. It's not true. It's not what the Bible teaches. It teaches that in the midst of these circumstances he can give us peace. We don't have to panic. We can rely on him and trust in him and we can have peace. But it doesn't mean everything around us will always just be pleasant and peaceful. That's not what it means. In fact, Psalm says the righteous will have the righteous man will have many troubles, but guess what? The Lord delivers him from them all. From them all. When God leads us into a place where we are trapped and surrounded and the enemy is barreling down on us. He didn't lead us there to leave us there. He led us there because he has a plan to take us out. And in that plan, he's going to show himself strong, not just to us, but to everyone else around us. I want to read you one more piece of scripture. From this, oh, I love what Moses goes on to say. He says, Moses told the people, "Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will will never be seen again. And the Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. Keep calm and carry on. That's where that came from. (laughs) Keep calm and carry on. We can't get ourselves in a panic." Even though things aren't always perfect in our lives, it doesn't mean God has left us. We can't allow ourselves to get in a place where we panic. Do you know how many times the scripture says, don't fear, just be still. I'm with you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'm with you in this. And so I have one last point that we see here. And I'm going to skip down to 14 I can't see the number, 31. When the people of Israel, this is after the whole Red Sea incident. I hope you know what it is. You should go back and read it today if you don't. The wind of God blows and parts the sea. And the Egyptians, or sorry, the Israelites walk through on dry ground. And the Egyptians try to pursue them, but they're swallowed up by the sea. And the Israelites are free. You know what? I'm just going to throw this in for free. Has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I'm going to throw it in. I think there's a reason that God allowed the Israelites to see the Egyptians. In the sea to see their enemy destroyed and I feel like this is this isn't something that we could use also in baptism that when we actually go through the physical act of being baptized and being raised we can actually physically be able to see our enemies under the water our enemy is destroyed his power is destroyed in our life I think if God didn't do that the Israelites would have been looking over their shoulder for years wondering when the Egyptians were going to come for them but God displayed his power for them so that he could trust them. And at the end of the story, it says, when the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him and they put their faith in the Lord and his servant Moses. So sometimes, sometimes God leads us into a place where we're surrounded in order to build our faith. Sometimes he leads us into that place where we're trapped and we're surrounded so that he can do something in us and for us that will build our faith and teach us to trust him. And this is why at the beginning God said I'm going to take them the roundabout way because there's some things I need to teach them before they go in and they face battles in their life. There's some things I need to work out in their character. There's some things I need to get out of their lives. There's some things I should have stayed back in Egypt that they're still bringing with them. There's some things that I need to work out in them. There's some things I need to teach them. There's some things I need to guide them in for the place that I'm taking them to. And if I don't get this out of your life, if I don't teach you to lay this down, if I don't teach you to trust me, then we're never going to get to where we want to be. And so we need to come to a place where we actually trust God. Where we actually say no matter where I am, no matter what the circumstances around me are, no matter if I'm surrounded, no matter if the enemy is barreling down on me, I trust that God has me and I trust that I'm still in his hand and I trust that he hasn't left me and that I can still hear his voice and that he didn't bring me here to leave me here but to lead me out and to show his power and show that he is mighty on my behalf. This is what God is trying to teach us. And so we see this image, this beautiful image of the Holy Spirit as a pillar of cloud and fire in the Old Testament. And throughout the Old Testament, people began to prophesy. Jeremiah said that, it's not gonna, I'm going to do a new covenant. I'm going to make a new covenant with my people. And it's not going to be like the covenant in the days of old when I took them by the hand and I led them out of Egypt. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be different and I'm going to take my spirit and I'm going to put it inside of them and I'm going to write my laws on their heart so that they can follow me. And Ezekiel went on to say that God was going to pour out his spirit into each and every one of us so that we could obey his words, so that we could obey his decrees, so that we could walk in the things that he had purposed for us. And Joel said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And Jesus came and he was led by the Holy Spirit in the first place. The Holy Spirit led him was into the wilderness to be tempted so that he could prove his character and he could set an example for us of how to live And then he went on and he lived his life and he did all his miracles and his ministry under the influence of the Holy Spirit being led by the Holy Spirit and teaching his disciples that it's going to be better that I leave because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit too. And on the day of Pentecost, they were waiting in that upper room for the promise of God. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And how did the Holy Spirit come in that room? He came as fire and he sat not a cloud of fire that was in the midst of them and led them. But a, it says like a tongue that sat on each and every one of them. This was when the Holy Spirit and all those things that were prophesied in the Old Testament was put in each and every one of our hearts to lead us and to guide us. Do you think you don't listen to God? Do you think you've never heard the voice of God? You couldn't even have come to be saved if the Holy Spirit wasn't at work in your life. The Bible says that. The Holy Spirit is the one who led you to Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads you forward all of the time. And we need to be in a place where we are so surrendered to his voice and so surrendered to his word in our life that we're willing to walk through the hard places to get to where he wants us to go. That we're willing to stand in a place where we're surrounded and be still and not panic and know God has got this. And I know that it doesn't look good right now, but he's leading me somewhere where it's going to be so much better. God has good plans for you. His intentions towards you are good. He is good and he does good. And he has good intended and in store for you. But to get to the good, sometimes we have to walk through the hard. Because God wants to work things out in our life because he knows best. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. You know, sometimes Sometimes in my life, I've been led into situations and I know that I've been listening to God. And I know that I've been following him. But I have to admit, I've been like the Israelites. And I've been in moments where I've panicked. I've been in moments where I've looked around me and it feels like everything's crumbling and everything's falling apart. And I give in to this urge to panic. I give into this, this natural urge inside of me, my flesh, my nature that wants to panic, that wants to have control, that wants to understand. And sometimes there are things we will just not understand until we've walked through it because hindsight is twenty twenty. And when we look back, we go, God, I'm actually grateful and thankful that you led me through that time, that season of my life that was so hard because in the pressure, things come up to the surface that need to be dealt with that need to be removed that need to be cleaned out that need to be cleaned up in our lives and under that pressure god does the most amazing things he does things in the dark that he could never do in the light and today i just feel like like the holy spirit was saying to me that we i just really want to pray for people who are in that situation today you can stand with me i'm not going to be much longer just a couple of minutes stand up for a minute gonna sing this song and what all I want to do is invite you to come to the altar this morning if you found that you're in one of those places in your life where you're you feel like you're surrounded or you've got some tough choices to make maybe you feel like the enemy's barreling down on you like life has been hard and it's been a battle for a while I understand I've been there and maybe you've been like me and maybe you've been in a panic And maybe you've thought, God, I can't hear you. Or maybe you've thought, I missed it. And you're blaming yourself. Maybe you're putting all your energy into blaming the enemy. And it's not even really him. He just sits back. Remember that? And he pushes the easy button. And he says, well, that was easy. He doesn't even have to do anything. Because we get ourselves so worked up. And so in this moment, if that's you, I'm just going to invite you as we sing this song to come down to the altar. And I think the most poignant thing that we can ask God in these moments is what do you want to reveal to me? What do you want to reveal to me? Is it something about your character that I need to understand? Do you you want to build do you need to build my faith in this moment? Do I need to stand still or do I need to fight? Is this a moment of, of what is this God? We need discernment and so I think when we find ourselves in these situations the best thing we can do is just say God What do you want to reveal to me?
0: We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us my story at mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.